Hello, and welcome to The Mother Pod, a podcast from the Wisconsin Women's Health Foundation designed by moms for moms to create conversations focused on staying healthy through the journey of motherhood. I don't know when tobacco started changing, but man, now tobacco comes in all these new sweet flavors. Great, cotton candy, gummy bear, what? Tobacco's changing, parents. We've got to keep up. All right. Well, hello, Mother Potters, and thank you today for joining us. I am joined by Spencer Straub, Media and Communications Coordinator for the Wisconsin Tobacco Prevention and Control Program, and by Marie Justice, our spokesperson of the Tobacco Prevention Campaign. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, we are really excited to have you here to talk about such an important topic that's impacting many um, parents and especially mothers <laughs> of, of young children. I speak from having a, a child, a 13-year-old daughter myself. Um, but before we get started, I'd just love for you to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background. Sure. Uh, Marie, do you want to... Oh, sure. Um, so my name is Marie Justice, and I am an actor. Um, I'm involved in community issues um, and have my own production company where we, we, we look at, you know, things that are affecting people, so social and societal ills. And so, um, yeah, this is right up my alley. I'm, I'm concerned about things that happen in our communi communities and in our, our society, as most people are. And so this was a really exciting um, and meaningful campaign to be a part of. Wonderful. Thanks for being here. And Spencer? Yeah, hi. I'm Spencer Straub. Uh, I have been involved. I've been a part of the state's tobacco prevention and control program for 10 years, and I've been in health communications for about 15 years. And uh, this is this project was something that was really exciting to me to um, really have this important message uh, get out there in, in such an eye-catching way. And unfortunately, just with the way that tobacco keeps changing and the different products that keep coming onto the market, um, I think it's going to be pretty timely for a long time to come. So uh, really happy to be here to talk about it. Excellent. Thank you both for being here. <clears throat> well, let's dive in. Um, there was a public health advisory issued by the state health officer to inform the public about the alarming statistics um, of current e-cigarette use among the youth in Wisconsin. Um, so if you could give us an idea of what was, what do you see as the need for the Tobacco is Changing campaign? And then also tell us a little bit about the development. Of yeah, the sure. Campaign. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. Um, so looking at the Tobacco is Changing campaign, uh, what we're really what we're seeing is that the way that youth are using tobacco products is really changing. Uh, we're seeing Conventional cigarette use keeps going down. Uh, at this point, it's very low. So right now, for conventional cigarettes, it's about 5% of high schoolers are using conventional cigarettes. But then if you look at e-cigarettes, which are increasingly coming in different forms, shapes, sizes, and flavors, that's about 20%. 
so that's that was where we were once upon a time with smoking, uh, with about one in five high school students uh, using conventional cigarettes. Now that's where we are with e-cigarettes. Um, so there's definitely, even though tobacco is changing, is not just focused on e-cigarettes. There's definitely a need to be talking about this expanding landscape amongst parents. And I think one thing that the public health advisory did, and the Surgeon General had released an advisory report, a re- advisory report a little bit before that was really sort of send that wake up call that uh, this is this is something that does need our attention. I think um, what we saw in focus groups in the development of the campaign is that parents had a tendency to think of tobacco as cigarettes. So if I had my if I had the talk with Johnny and Susie about not smoking, then I have had the tobacco talk. And so what we're really trying to do with this campaign is really expand that idea of what constitutes a tobacco product and what parents need to be thinking about. Absolutely. Yeah, I was astounded. I was looking at some of the statistics on the Tobacco is Changing website. And you you mentioned one in five high school students are now using e-cigarettes. That is an increase of 154% between 2014 and 2018. And then what really astounded me even more, having an eighth grade daughter, was that the number of middle schoolers using uh, e-cigarettes has increased by 272%. So up from 1% to about 4%, meaning about one in nine middle schoolers are using e-cigarette products. Um, so in thinking about kind of this, this campaign development, um, and, and focus groups and looking at how do we talk to parents about it. Where do you come in with this, Marie? How did you get involved with the campaign? Um, so initially, uh, this was an audition that was sent to me um, through someone in the theater community here in Madison. And um, like any other audition piece that's sent to me, I, I looked it over. And um, I think just going through the script, I was surprised, as Spencer mentioned, I'm a mother of four myself, and um, growing up, I my grandmother smoked. My mom didn't, and by the time she, when she was growing up, everyone knew how dangerous cigarettes were, right? And so for me, it was just you know no brainer growing up. Like, of course, I'm not going to smoke cigarettes. It stinks. It's gross. Um, I think I was so surprised when I was reading through the script. There was these flavors, these gummy bear flavors, and strawberry, and everything was so it was geared like candy to young kids. So initially, I think it was just really shocking, just even, again, reading through this as an audition piece. And as I became more involved in the campaign and when I found out that I was chosen um, to to represent uh, the campaign and, and do the, the advertisement and the commercials, um, it was just more and more astounding as I'm actually getting into the 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 products that they they use and um it was it was unbelievable honestly that and, and I now I understand why when you bring those statistics up how a middle schooler would be using something like that because it's geared towards them right so you almost went from taking this role on as an actress to really then going oh my gosh this is really pertinent in my life as a mom absolutely super concerning I was as um unknowledgeable as any other parent out there. I mean that, especially when you're doing your focus groups, I, I was, it was, it was very real for me because I had no idea. If you talk to me about um, tobacco, I, I was one of those people who would be like, okay, cigarettes. And 
you know, I don't smoke cigarettes. I'm, you know, I can, I can have that talk with my kids. And that's as far as it was go. I don't look at it. I don't go into stores to, you know, to buy. So I have no idea what's out there. So for me, it was really, it was a real moment, an awakening moment, an enlightening moment. Um, and it was, uh, the information was I was learning right along with everyone else and then really had those feelings of this is a, a deep concern of mine and I we need to do something about it. So it was very natural. Excellent. Well, I'm so glad that you were chosen as the spokesperson. That's <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, Spencer, tell us then, we talked a little bit about how you developed the campaign. You went out, you did focus groups, you heard parents saying, we don't even know what. Yeah. And how to talk to our kids. We don't even know what these tobacco products look like. Could you tell us a little bit more about the framework of the campaign and really how it's being used throughout Wisconsin? Sure, absolutely. And I can give a little bit of background on, in terms of where the idea initially came from. We were doing some broad and broader communications planning, and uh, we work with local community coalitions throughout the state. And during this meeting, one, one said, you know, we're doing a lot of education about these new tobacco products, but sometimes we feel like we're kind of on our own doing that. And it would be great if we had some kind of broader messaging or theme that could really support the work that we're doing. And so I took that back and started really thinking about it and saying, you know, there's something here. And this was before uh, Jewel and some of those other products that I'm sure we'll talk about later really kind of exploded onto the market. But we were already sort of seeing that uh, tobacco was shifting away from conventional cigarettes. You know, in Wisconsin, uh, our workplaces are smoke-free, so you're seeing more and more of a social norm change away from smoking. So it makes sense from the industry perspective that they want to try to keep customers, stay relevant. And so they're they were already, before e-cigarettes went nuts, already exploring a lot of uh, different flavored little cigars, uh, different flavored um, uh, uh, smokeless tobacco products. So there was already something there, but we were seeing e-cigarettes you know, just keep climbing this mountain. So that's when we decided to do some focus groups, like you mentioned. So we did six focus groups uh, across the state. And what we really wanted to learn was what do parents know about this topic and, and how do they feel about it? And one of the things that we really saw during those focus groups, um, we had them react to some messages. But we also just had them react to the products. And so, Marie, it was really interesting when you mentioned the just reading the script. The script is one thing. But seeing is really believing with this. And so that's that became one of the basic tenets of, of the campaign was it's one thing to say that they come in flavors like grape and gummy bear. And it's another thing to actually see the little juice bottles or to see mm -hmm. the, the three cigar, three uh, grape flavored little cigars for 99 cents. That really jumps out at you. Whoa, this is this is real. And that's definitely what we heard um, in each of our focus groups. So one of the things that parents would say to us was, I'm going to stop at the I'm going to stop at the gas station right after this. And I'm going to go in and, and look at this because I need to have a better sense of, of what's going on what's going on with this. And Marie, you sort of touched on that, that if you don't use tobacco products, you're really not looking for it. And it's one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> but if you're just paying at the pump, you, you, you're not seeing this unless you're going in to look at it. But when you go into a store, not only do you see these products, but you see them, they're not behind the counter. 
uh, that sometimes they're displayed near candy. Mm-hmm. Definitely sending that that message uh, to kids that hey, maybe this is an okay thing. And a lot of times, um, ads and things like that are at a chil- are at a child's eye level. Mm. So there's a lot there uh, within that environment that people can ne- just. I would invite them next time that they're on a road trip and they stop in to get some snacks. Just just take a quick glance around and, and see what these look like because I think that's one of the big things that we try to get across in the campaign is that uh, we can talk about these flavors and we can talk about shiny wrappers, but it's another thing to, to see it for yourself. And we try to do some of that with the campaign, but I, I would invite people to investigate uh, this you know, as they move forward. But what we heard from parents during the focus groups was some intimidation. So that feeling that if I start this conversation with my kids, they're going to know more than I do. I could look foolish. So they just really wanted straight information. And they, they didn't necessarily care about bells and whistles. They just wanted to go somewhere where, from a trusted source where they could learn about this, uh, this topic so that they could be a little bit better prepared to have that conversation. So we really followed that with our creative concept for the campaign, which it, Marie is great. Uh, but we wanted it to come from someone that, just like them, is new to this topic. That this is not something that they're they're not he- they're not hearing this from an expert. They're hearing this from another mom at the football game. They're hearing this uh, from a from another dad at the community event. That hey, this is something that I don't know if you've seen this, but I'm concerned about this, and and I think we should all be concerned about this. That's really the type of approachable uh, way that we wanted to get into the campaign. And I think that that's what we'll continue to see with the campaign as it goes on is, is just more of that um, conversational approach. But we do want to shock people a little bit. We do want to sort of rattle people and wake them up to the fact that, that if you're thinking of the if you're thinking of cowboys and you're thinking of uh, cigarettes and things like that, that's not necessarily what this campaign is about. Uh, we're, it's really about what are the new ways that tobacco products are getting kids addicted. Right. And where could our listeners go to actually learn a little bit more about, you mentioned, you know, going into the, the gas station to see what products are available, but it sounds like the campaign has really gathered information and pictures. Where would we go to yeah. find that? So, uh, Parents and and really anyone that's interested in this topic can go to tobaccoischanging.com. That's the website for the campaign. On that campaign, we have it broken out by a few different sections. You can learn about what these products are and what they look like. And with that, we're talking across the board from e-cigarettes to smokeless products to cigar products. You can also learn about some of the issues that are associated with these Things like flavors, uh, that's something that Marie and I are probably going to mention a lot over the course of this hour. But also, it's not just the new flavors that get the attention like gummy bear or grape. Um, It's also tried and true flavors like menthol as well. One of the things that we saw with our youth tobacco survey results from 2018 was that more than half of current smokers in high school usually smoke menthol flavored cigarettes. So even though we're sort of focused on this new thing and it it takes up a lot of the oxygen, there is some of that old fashioned stuff that is really still having an impact. So we don't want to lose sight of that 
as well. But I, that's the spot that I would definitely recommend, uh, tobaccoischanging.com. In addition to learning about the products, parents can also get connected with their local community coalition, and they can get some simple tips for talking to their kids about this product, about these products. Right. So, you know, we've talked about them, uh, kids being attracted to these flavors. Um, but I'm wondering, what are they thinking about in terms of a health consequence? So you mentioned earlier, Marie, that, you know, your grandma smoked and we all knew that smoking wasn't good for us. But now we're transitioning to e-cigarettes or other types of tobacco products. And our kids seeing the real danger, our adults seeing the real health danger. Right. I think that the the answer to that is it's a little complicated, right? Uh, I think that that in some ways, short-term consequences are more effective um, in dealing with in talking to young people about this. So whether that's talking about what types of social implications this could have, what kind of implications it could have in terms of activities that they're involved in. So if that's things like um, shortness of breath or, or mouth sores, addiction. Uh, I know that with the national um, real cost of tobacco campaign, they've really focused in on that issue of addiction and what that really means. That that's just not, it's not just a matter of, well, that's something that you're real, really into. That's something that's taking you away from other things that you really love and enjoy. And that's one of the primary concerns with young people and e-cigarettes is that uh, these products are incredibly addictive. Um, and especially to young developing brains. Um, that addiction can form really fast. It can affect things um, like memory and, um, and concentration. So there's some, there's some definite uh, issues there that have us, I, I think, and a lot of parents rightfully uh, worried. Um, so trying to get across that idea that this isn't, and, and some, similar with smoking, that as long as nicotine is involved, uh, this is something that's it's not just going to be a just just in high school or, or just for fun. This is potentially something right. that could be with you for the rest of your life. And I mean, even just speaking from personal experience, I, mean, I have friends that started in high school and definitely thought that that was just going to be a phase. And, you know, fast forward. I don't want to say how many years it's been since I was in high school, but fast forward <laughs> a little bit, and it, you know it's still a, it's still a part of their lives. Um, so just for me personally, I want to try to help um, young people avoid that moving forward. So it sounds like we know that there are some health risks, things from decreased concentration. I mean, we know an adolescent's brain is developing mm -hmm. until they're in their 20s, so nicotine can can stunt some of that development, but do we know what's in e-juices? Do we know what's in these e-cigarettes? Who regulates this? Yeah, they're not currently regulated right now. Um, it's something that I know the FDA has looked at. Um, but yeah, right now, it's a little wild, wild west out there mm. uh, in terms of someone... And I'm not trying to alarm, but someone could just mix this up in their basement, really, uh, when you're talking about an e-juice. Uh, but here's some things that we do know. We do know that um, the, the aerosol that's in e-cigarettes that users inhale and that they breathe out can expose them and the people around them to harmful substances. So with that, you're talking about heavy metals, 
uh, volatile organic compounds, ultrafine uh, particles that can be inhaled deeply into the lungs. So one of the things that we really try to hammer home with the campaign, um, we try not to get into sort of the metrics of like safer or, you know, things like that. Just if it's a if it's a tobacco product, it's just it's not safe. And that's that's sort of the bottom line with it is that uh, we we <clears throat> as much as sometimes it can be tempting for people to kind of talk about, oh, well, this versus that. It, I think for parents, it's just easier to sort of say if it's a tobacco product, you don't want your young person using it. And it, that's even taking aside from the fact that a lot of times e-cigarette use can lead to uh, that conventional um, cigarette use or other tobacco use, and that these products can be used for other substances other than just um, e-juice and, and nicotine as well, so things like marijuana. So we know the ingredients aren't regulated right now. Is there an age limit on who can purchase these things? Because we're talking about middle schoolers and high schoolers having access. How old do you need to be to, to purchase something like an e-juice or a Juul? And then thinking in terms of if they're not old enough, where are these kids getting these things? So the, the age for um, e-cigarettes is 18 uh, so similar to other or the same as other tobacco products um, in terms of where they're getting them, all kinds of different places. So there's the tried and true knowing an older friend uh, or, or, or maybe everybody pulling their money in together to, to, to buy this. And again, using someone older, um, in some cases, actually parents. Um, and again, I don't I, that's more of an anecdotal type of example. I want to say widespread. Um, but it's easy for everyone to sort of buy into this idea of like, well, it's better than cigarettes uh, or or in some cases, honestly, the products are so uh, high tech. They're so fancy looking that honestly, parent might not even know what it is that they're that they're buying for uh, for their child or they could find it and not realize what it is because they not e-cigarettes um, especially jewel and some of the new products that are that are on the market they don't look like cigarettes they 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 resemble flash drives they resemble laser pointers they resemble uh, uh, like highlighters and things like that they don't they don't look when you see them you don't think that's a cigarette product you just don't so again that's a piece where I would advise parents to um, Jump on the jump on their smartphone. Jump on their computer. Go to Tobacco is Changing. Great opportunity to sort of get a handle of what what these different things look like because you could be you could be fooled by them. Um, and then I would say the last example of where they where they're potentially getting them is just through the internet too. So um, if you go online, the number of flavors that are available, and I can't remember the exact statistic, but it's well over ten thousand uh, unique flavors are available uh, for young people. And if you just look up, if you just do a Google search for outrageous e-cigarette flavors, you'll be astounded at your Google image results. Um, So those, I think, are are some of the primary places. So again, with uh, older, older friends, so similar to how youth have always sort of been able to get their hands on on cigarettes and things like that. Uh, But then uh, online, and then the, the last one, and they're all disturbing, but potentially the most disturbing is just sort of parents that just don't know better. Which I think brings your your valid point that 
we just as parents, we really need to educate our kids. Well, first of all, we need to educate ourselves because it's it's something it's a whole new ballpark that we're in. And then um, just it's it's all or nothing. You know, it's not like we have an option here where, you know, the the e-cigarettes are safer than than a regular cigarette. The lack of information that we have around it is alarming enough. And we know that it's made by the tobacco industry. And that's scary enough. Um, and the fact that you, we don't know what's in it, we don't know what you're getting, and we know that you're inhaling something um, that's potentially very harmful. We know there's nicotine um, in there. We know that's addictive. So for me, I think um, knowing that it's out there, educating myself on it, and then be, being able to bring that information to my kids and say, hey, you know, this is this is what it will do. This is how it becomes addictive, and we're, you know, you need to stay away from it. But yeah, having that having that information at our fingertips, which is great where it's all at the tobaccoischanging.com for us to really arm ourselves with the information. And I just want to touch again on flavors that, and we're mentioning it a lot on this, uh, but we're mentioning it because it's been, on a really, it's been a really effective strategy. So looking at the newest data for high school students in Wisconsin, Basically, 90% of them say they wouldn't use an unflavored tobacco product. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, is, that is the inroad. And, and I suppose if you had to choose between sort of classic tobacco taste and something that was cherry or fruit, you'd probably try the, the cherry or fruit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it's designed specifically to be a, a little bit more enticing. And so I think it, one of the reasons that we're really sort of hammering home that point is just because that has been so much of where the foothold has been gained is through uh, those flavors. And I think, too, uh, both of you mentioned uh, that your parents, I'm a parent, too. My daughter is a little bit younger. She's eight. Uh, but one of the recent statistics that really jumped out at me for middle school uh, for middle school tobacco users was that um, essentially all uh, middle schoolers that have tried e-cigarettes uh, first tried their first first tried an e-cigarette before age 13. And so that's when I start thinking, oh, my gosh, she's only eight and that's not that far away. And uh, so this is starting younger. This is starting younger and younger. So I think um, you don't necessarily have to say this is not my problem yet. You know, it's it's something that I think everybody can just there's value in everybody learning uh, a little bit more about this topic. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned a little bit earlier about how to talk to kids or how to relate the health um, concerns that are associated with e-cigarettes or tobacco use to something that's a little bit more, um, I guess, in their face. So, you know, if you're using nicotine or you're smoking, maybe you know, you'll have, um, you won't be able to breathe as well when you're playing sports. Um, or perhaps if you get caught doing something like this, you're not mm-hmm. of age to have um, an e-cigarette, you could potentially have a consequence at school. How else can we talk to our kids? This is a really tough topic because I think about going home to talk to my 13-year-old daughter and how influential her friends are. And you couple that with the tobacco companies, um, their marketing that goes directly to these kids and the flavors and the ease of use and the party tricks you can do with the smoke or whatever it is. How else do we talk to our kids? 
For me, it's being honest and real. If I'm getting this information and now I've educated myself, so I'm armed with all of this helpful information so I know that this is dangerous, especially um, for kids who obviously you can you can shift it depending on the age, but for my 13-year-old, I'm going to give her the exact same information. I'm also going to think that history is on our side, too. So if I if I give her that example, look at, you know, look at this would be her great-grandmother, um, born in the 1930s. At one point, there was what doctors on TV smoking cigarettes. I mean, we go to the hospitals or everywhere you went, there was cigarette smoke, and we thought that was okay. And we now know that's absolutely not okay, and it's banned here, you know, in public spaces in Wisconsin. So using that as um, as an analogy or an example that like, okay, so at that one point in time, this was very safe to do, may not have all the information we need right now on e-cigarettes or these flavored tobacco products, but we know that it's coming from the tobacco industry. We know several things that are already, that don't look really good, that don't bode well for them. This could, this could be potentially seriously dangerous for you. If nothing more, we know it's not good for you. And, um, and being really honest with them, showing them this, and then also letting them know that the, the tobacco industry is targeting them. That they're 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 actually playing a trick on you essentially. You know they they want to get you saddled with a, an addiction, and um, you know that would I would hope um, that might be something that kind of angers them, gives them back that control. Like okay, wait a minute, let me do let me do a little research myself. Let me listen to my parents. Let's go to the website together. Let's you know walk through this. Let's let's use the example of what happened in the past and maybe think about what they might be doing now and let them you know feel empowered at least um, to make that decision, an informed decision. There's a reason she's our spokesperson. That was really good. That was really, I was over here, I just had this big smile on my face. I was just, that's so good. Um, and, and I want to hit to your point about um, the influence of friends, and that's parents don't, don't underestimate your own, uh, your own influence and how much you matter um, to, to your child, how much uh, you matter to your child. Um, they may not openly admit it, all the time, I know, but we have done some some other focus groups uh, related to youth tobacco prevention, and that that came up, and and not just teachers, but or not just parents, but also teachers, coaches, mentors, um, that those those people really matter to young people, and so even though it may seem like only their friends' opinion is what counts, that's not actually the case. And so I think that's something to keep in mind. I think another thing to keep in mind, too, is perspective. So it's very easy for youth to sort of get in this mindset that everybody is doing this. So if, if I know five people that are doing it, that means Everybody in the whole school is doing it. And and there is definitely information to be alarmed about here, to, to be concerned about if one in five Wisconsin high schoolers are using e-cigarettes. But the other way to look at that is that four in five aren't. Uh, so it's so that I think you can you can try to reassure them that, hey, you know, being tobacco free is OK. That's actually the norm. It may not it may seem like everybody is doing this, but the reality is that not not everybody is. So it's it's OK. And um, I just wanted to piggyback on what Marie said, that just by being honest and open um, and, and, and letting them know that it's OK to ask them about this and, or, or that it's OK for, for them to ask you about it. And if you don't know the answers, tell them that, that you can find them together. Yeah, that, that, that just that that open policy of 
this does I don't want this to be a secret thing. If if you're if you're genuinely curious about this, I you know I want to talk to you and and just being honest, I may not have all the answers, but we can find them. I think those are some important ideas to get across. And and like uh, Marie, you touched on this too, but just making it personal. So if you have whether it's yourself or a family member or a friend, but talking about what seems like a short-term decision, uh, could how it could really be a long-term decision. I think those are some things um, that can help sort of get the ball rolling with that conversation. I just want to reiterate that. I think that's one of the things you just said at the end there was opening the floor. I think so often our, our kids, especially, you know, once they become teenagers, are like, what do my parents know? Their peers are the ones that they go to uh, essentially for things, and that's where they share information. But opening that conversation up and saying, hey, can you maybe you could tell me a little bit about this. This is what I'm reading, hearing. What do you already know? And that they know that this is like an open, safe space floor. We can kind of discuss this, but um, bringing that up because oftentimes kids are just like, oh, my parents, you know, they're so out of touch. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love that you you both talked about this. So one, that open and honest conversation. Um, and then being willing to do some of that exploration alongside of your child um, and how that really can lead to them feeling more empowered mm-hmm. and realizing, OK, these people are the, the tobacco industry is marketing towards me. Do I want to be, you know, a pawn for right, them? Right. No, I'm going to make my own decisions about this. Um so if you're a mom listening to this podcast and this is you're, you're feeling very passionate about this um, and you'd like to get more involved, what can we do as parents? Is there anything at the at the local level, the state level that we could do to get involved in these campaigns? So absolutely. I would recommend uh, if, if uh, this is something we try to set up the campaign so that there's sort of steps. So uh, step one is just learning more about this. And, and, and if that's the only step that you take, that's, that's still a great step. And then step two is having a conversation in, in the home about this and, 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 and making this more of a priority uh, in terms of your kids. But then step three really is that if, if you want to start looking at this from a broader standpoint and, and really uh, roll up the sleeves on it, we do have community coalitions um, that are focused in on uh, tobacco prevention and control in communities and specifically uh, focused in on, on keeping these out of the hands of young people. So from there, I would recommend once you go to the Tobacco is Changing uh, website, tobaccoischanging.com, click on Take Action. There you can see a map of where our different coalitions are throughout the state, and you can also request um, to be put in contact with them. Uh, and I know that that can seem like sort of a, a big step, uh, but that is that's a, that if if you want to to get involved, there are definitely ways to do that, and uh, we definitely appreciate the help of anyone that really wants to get involved. Uh, so that's where I would recommend uh, that folks go. Um, and that the, the same thing also goes for teachers and health professionals, that the information there is is valuable as well. I know that uh, the campaign is really focused in on parents, but I know that this is something that teachers and schools are really struggling with as well, especially as the products get more and more inconspicuous, harder to spot in, in classrooms, that type of thing. It's, it's not as simple as just seeing um, someone smoking out by uh, the, you know the goalpost on the football field or something like that um, it's it's gotten more complex so really would recommend um, 
that if this is a topic that you're that you're interested in and you want to learn more, that you go there. Uh, but again, that there is sort of a stepped process that if you just want to go there and learn more, you can. If you want to get some tips for talking to your kids, you can. But if you want to uh, take that extra step to sort of say, what can we do uh, from a bigger standpoint uh, on this issue, there are ways to get involved. Can we get Marie to come and speak at any of our events <laughs> or... That's an interesting idea. <laughs> as long as, yeah. No, I would absolutely uh, welcome that. I think um, there, there's so much more to discuss. And um, it, Spencer and I have sat down on occasion before we're getting ready to do something and meeting up. And there's, a, there's actually, there's a broader issue here. This tobacco goes into a lot of different uh, um, avenues. And so um, when we talk about kids and stress and depression and pressure and mental illness, um, and these these products are getting more and more accessible. They're looking less dangerous, and it's just an easy go-to. So I think yes, I would welcome any any opportunity to continue talking about it because um, we've talked a lot about how it's marketing uh, towards young people and um, how the flavors and all that. But there's just it, there's just so many different avenues we could go down, and um, and and it's so many different ways that people could get involved because it really is it's a bigger it's a big issue. Perhaps a social justice issue, even. It really is. It really is, which, again, is something that I'm, I'm committed to and concerned about, and um, not just because it's my last name. <laughs> but, yeah. that I, that it, I really... It's a good fit, though. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. It worked out, I guess. <laughs> but Marie, Marie's right on the money there that uh, I know that right now we're really focused in on, on tobacco use amongst young people, but we are seeing a wider and wider disparity grow. Um, in terms of tobacco use in in the state and really in the country, in terms of you know who's still using, and it's a lot of the the indicators are things like income, race, uh, education level. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we are continuing to um, to to look at, and how can how can we narrow that? How can we get less and less people on? And how can we uh, help those that tobacco is taking the, the greatest uh, the greatest impact on? And so when I talk about the community coalitions, they're not just youth focused. I mean, they're, they're really focused in on uh, how can we reduce the burden of tobacco as a whole for all communities. That sounds like we have another um, podcast topic. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I'll start, you know, thinking about that and we'll get you back in here. Um, But for now, I just want to thank you both so much for being with us, sharing your passion, your time, your talents with our communities so that we can help to improve the health of our of our children and help to give parents and moms out there more knowledge. Spencer? Yeah, I just wanted to add one more thing to is that if you, if you are sort of looking for actions that you can take and you don't and you're you're not a parent uh, or you're not a teacher, there are things that we can all do on this topic. So I would encourage people, uh, I know that we mentioned it at the top of the hour, the uh, health advisory that the Department of Health Services put out, uh, but that is something that I would recommend people look at. There are some really good uh, sample actions of things that parents, teachers, health professionals, community and state leaders can take. Uh, and you can find that at dhs.wisconsin.gov tobacco. Uh, and it's, it's right there at the top. It just 
public health advisory. So uh, not to throw too many URLs at people, but um, that would be another one that I would recommend for people in terms of if they're, if they're looking for what, what we can do about this. Great. No, I, I, I think everything that we covered today um, is really pertinent, obviously, to mothers and parents and uh, teachers alike, um, because that, that's a huge concern that they are targeting young people. Um, but as we mentioned, there's there's so much information out there. I love that the coalitions, um, if, you're con- if your concern is broader, there's something out there for everyone um, to get involved with and, and kind of fight the fight, um, which it really we do need everyone at the table thinking about this because the tobacco industry is not giving up. They're getting more clever and they're thinking about different avenues and we have to do the same thing and we really need to stay up to date. So to, as, you know, as the, the campaign says, tobacco is changing and we really do need to, to keep up. Thank you for tuning into The Mother Pod. The Wisconsin Women's Health Foundation is a statewide nonprofit striving to innovate, impact, and improve women's health to help women and their families achieve their healthiest potential. For more information on The Mother Pod, our programs, events, or research initiatives, visit our website at www.hf.org. Until next time, remember, it all begins with a healthy woman.